Welcome to the D-Pod, episode one, Under Wraps. I'm your host, Matthew. And I'm your host, Mary. About two years ago, we were hanging out. It was so long ago. We were walking, and we had an iconic discussion about Disney Channel original movies. Iconic in our family lore. Yeah, iconic to like five people, but iconic nonetheless. Maybe like 40 people. Yeah, I don't know. But now, all of you listeners. Oh, like 16? (laughs) At best? 16 million in the future. And I realized that many of the beloved movies of my youth, you had not seen. Oh, no, like a lot of them. Like, I'd seen, the only ones I'd seen is if they had reruns. Like, they play Halloween Town, like, every Halloween. But, like, I've never seen, like, Xenon, just because it never, like, replayed in the, like, night when they just played old ones. But I've seen, like, 13th Year and stuff, though not a bit. Sure. Listeners, she didn't even know who the Lawrence Brothers were. See, this is going to be the big divide in this podcast. It's basically a millennial-slash-Gen-Z podcast. Yeah. See, all the people my age listening to this podcast, they're like, oh. <laughs> Who are these Lawrence Brothers? <laughs> Tell me yeah. about High School Musical. Isn't that what this podcast is about? And I'm going to be like... It is, listeners. It is. No, this is a break podcast. So DCOM started in 1997 with uh, the film we'll be covering, talking about today, Under Wraps, which debuted October 25th, 1997. Right before Halloween, which makes sense given it's a Halloween film, I'm assuming. Yes. Mary, what do you know about the film I know it's about a mummy. And, like, that's it. I'm assuming, like, some kids in, like, a classic, like, Buffy-esque essence, like, go to a museum and then they're, like, looking at the mummy and they're like, oh... It's a mummy, and then they leave, but then the mummy follows them home sort of thing. Okay. I'm assuming they go to a museum. That's, like, my biggest, like, that's my biggest bet. Okay. I think they, like, maybe, in, like, a twist, they, like, dress him up, and then he, like, dates the mom or something. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. Look, that's not out of the range of income possibilities. They've literally done that with vampires. I don't know where you're actually, like, it's, I mean, sure, he's, like, a little, a little better appearance-wise, but, you know. Disney Channel, don't be scared to give us the story of mom's got a date with a (laughs) reanimated zombie. You don't, you don't know? (laughs) Okay, so now I'm going to live on air. Show Mary oh the God. movie poster for Under Wraps. I had no idea what you were going to say there. And boom. Wow. I don't think he's going on a date with their mom. You don't think this very handsome gentleman no, is going I don't. on a date with their mom? So they are, oh, I think they go on like a class trip to Egypt or something like that. And then they're like exploring Egypt and then they find a mummy. No museums here. This is also just a very 1997 image. Yeah. Graphic design is my passion. <laughs> and I was thinking that. I wonder if that's just like a chop out from the movie or if they actually pose up for this. Uh, it looks really awkward. I can't... Do you like this tagline? Prepare to be spooked, creeped, creeped. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare to be spooked. Oh, you're just going to like go over humored. that? It's not very... Like, is that a pun? Am I missing something? Like humor phone? That's the only thing I can think of that would be a pun, but like... I think it's just very literal. But it's not a very good tagline. It's not very unique. Yeah. A lot of things could spook Like, bad, 
But like we'll see. But then again, here's the thing: they didn't know. I'm, yeah. When they were creating this, that this was the first film in what would be a ongoing twenty-two plus year franchise that we yeah. worship and adore: the Decoms. Worship's the word. Worship's the word. <laughs> it's probably too strong, but we do love these films. Yeah. As like a as like a collective whole, not just individual. Yeah, there's so ones. much stuff, and it's like as a collective whole, there's a lot of shared tropes and. That sort of stuff. It's all, they're all very cheesy, but like all really fun. And you're like, wow. Yeah, because we really appreciate the essence of the decom itself. You're looking at me like I'm crazy, but no, we literally I had know. whole conversations I know, yeah, about this. I know, but just like when you say it out loud, it's like it sounds so serious. And then I'm like, they're just oh, like, this is so, not that serious. I know, like that's the thing. You're like you're saying it has the essence of the formula of this. The cinematic, like, treasure. And then, okay, like, we're talking... Okay, in my mouth right there. I did not call D-Dog cinematic treasures. Though, but, like, I feel each like and you... every one yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, then I'm like, these are, like, cheesy films about, like, 13-year-olds who, like, like, sometimes can't act. <laughs> not oh, whoa, Sometimes, whoa, sometimes whoa. they can. I don't know. Don't come for our stars. I haven't seen them. I said sometimes they can't act. There's ones I'm thinking in my head that I'm like, well, maybe, rough. Maybe from your generation. I was thinking of someone from my generation. I see who. No, I'm not gonna say who it is. <laughs> it is true though. Uh, ch- children actors are a famous bane of like theater, and yeah. like obviously they're not gonna about a thousand in films that really do center. They're children about and the teens. kids. Yeah, and so if you put sometimes 10 teen actors in a film they're not going to necessarily all nail it every time and that's fine and it's it's yeah. also part of the thing i mean yeah i mean that's just like acting if you just get a bunch of actors like some are just gonna be better than others and teens are just awkward oh yeah 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 <laughs> i stare across the table yeah at a teen it's like it that awkward. that one for east fears crying gift which is like yeah you know i'm talking about internet so now we're going back in time to October of 1997. Uh, Final Fantasy VII has recently been released. Titanic, the movie, is about to come out. And we are going to watch the film under wraps. When we come back, we will have seen it, and we will give you our, our, thoughts, our thoughts, our review. Like what the cast later went on to do. And before we go, Mary, what do you expect your rating out of 10 will be based on what you have now seen? Well... <laughs> Um, just like, what do you think your rating out of 10 is going to be, Matthew, as someone who's seen the film? That's why I, you're going first. Oh, okay. I, don't want to I, was, I was trying to throw like it If I come with like a 9.5, you're going to be like, well, and if I'm like, it's a 3, you're going to be like, well. Okay, um, I I don't know if I'm going to go lower than a 5, because all VCOMs are so great, except the ones that aren't, but, um. It's definitely true. <laughs> but I think I'm going to give it like, um. A seven. I'm thinking about six, but I'm like, it might just touch me in like a certain way, like emotionally. I I really don't know. I have no idea. So my mental remembrance is like kind of in the six five range. Yeah. But I happen to know that this is one of Jenny Nicholson's favorite decoms or Halloween movies. Queen. I believe. I should probably fact check that before I said it live on podcast. We love Jenny Nicholson here. Yeah, she's the follow her YouTube channel. Also, subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars. All those things that people say for content. You subscribe. know what you do. Subscribe. Rate, comment, subscribe, etc. We're very like. I'm friend. very likable. 
No one's more likable than the person who says I'm more <laughs> likable. I say we, then I'm like, no, I'm just going to say me. Oh, so really, that was the just a most... date where you were saying I wasn't likable. Yeah. I mean, fair, to be honest. But I am, though. So my guess rating based off these things, I'm going to say this is going to be a solid, like, 7-5. So we both said 7 out of 10-ish? Sure. Okay. We're expecting, like, decent, like, a good start. Yeah. Like, I mean, it doesn't have to be the best. It just has to be followed by the best. Right. We're, we're three away from Halloween Town, <laughs> which we will both give tens, unironically. Like, probably. Okay. Anyways, we are going to go watch this movie. Um, We are very ready. Yes. And so we will recap it afterwards if you have, if you are not watching the movie along with us, but I would highly recommend, especially in the future, go ahead and watch the movie. That way you can laugh at Mary's predictions at the beginning. And then... I think you said my opinion is probably wrong. You don't have to mock me anymore. And then we will not spoil you in the review section for the movie you've probably seen 20 years ago. Woo! Okay. We out. We out. Well, that was a movie. It was a movie. So we watched the movie under wraps. Mary, what is your instant reaction? Um... It was good. It was good. End sentence. No other thoughts. (laughs) I liked it more than I thought I would. Okay. But I could never get quite into it. And there were moments where I got, came really close to being like fully like into it and immersed. And then like, they'd have the mummy be on for too long. (laughs) And I'd be like. Yeah. So your, your big, uh, in movie reaction seemed to be, uh, you weren't here for the mummy. You were actually fine with the kids. You know, I was the best Everything else. But you did not like the visual direction of the mummy. I mean, I didn't like his face, not just because he's, like, dead, but I didn't like the um, the makeup around it and stuff. Okay, yeah. And, like, I found all the, like, joke scenes with him, like, especially when he peed, like, all that bad. Yeah, there's a lot of, I feel like a lot of the uh, mummy comedy did not work for us. And maybe that was, to, you know, I mean, we're not, like, seven-year-olds. Maybe that was, like, a big hit at the time, but... Yeah, that, no, that was a miss. That was a miss. Yeah, like, that that was the, the biggest miss. That was, like, pretty rough. Because that's, like, in the beginning. That's, like, one of the first things he did. And it's, like, oof. <laughs> but it was, like, even to the end. Like, they, when they we were... Yeah, he was, like, riding a kid's bike. And it's just, like... Yes, the kid's bike fit, the visual gag, uh, the skateboarding chase scene with the dog. Yeah, none of the, it works for me. The incredibly, uncomfortably extended nose scratch towards the end of the film <laughs> in the middle of the climax. That was so None long. of this was it's working. It's, like, they cut away, and then they cut back. And he was still scratching his nose. But I guess he's been chained up for a bit, so you I will tell you, this is one of the things I wrote my for. There was one bit of physical comedy that kept working for me, and that was when the mummy kept yeeting uh, these various characters, like, over walls and around Uh, rooms. Yeah, that was good, but I don't know how much of that's because it involved the kids, so I was, like, invested again. I'm just saying. No, yeah, that was fun. When Harold chucks Marshall over a wall and then does it a second time, I'm like, I'm here for all of this. Yeah. Okay, so... Harold's the mummy, by the way. Yes. So, uh, if you've never seen this film and you're like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> uh, Under Wraps is a film about three kids, uh, Marshall, Gilbert, and Amy. Yes. Uh, they find a mummy in a basement of a dead guy whose name is Mr. Alleged Kubitz. dead guy. Oh, yes. I, I, Spoilers. his. <laughs> We're going to spoil this whole movie, by the way. Yeah. As if that wasn't obvious. <laughs> uh, the mummy. That, so Gilbert like is falling in, and the window yeah, they're breaking has into the dead guy's house as you do. Sure, yeah, fun. 
Um, and the moonlight of the window through of which they broke through shines on the mummy, therefore making him wake up. Because that's how mummies work. Yeah. As we all know. They're not zombies, they're mummies. Or banshees. They 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 clearly specified out what the different kind of monsters were in the film, in case like I guess you were a kid and didn't know how different monsters work. But the mummy is not a monster and he's not trying to eat them. No, so there's this weird scene. So Gilbert left his glasses in the basement of which they tried to break into. And so they have to go back because he needs to see and stuff. Um and so while they're in there, Marshall and Amy go into the basement and they're like looking for it and they find an empty sarcophagus. Mm-hmm. And then while Gilbert's just hanging around, he hears like weirdly heavy footsteps, foot foot stop stomps, foot stomps, footsteps. Oh, I got what you're going for. You're going for foot stomps, and he kind of was that a joke? No, or I just forgot the word, word. for footsteps. <laughs> weirdly I mean, loud. Stomp is, I guess, a word. A stomp. Weirdly loud stomps would be fine. Anyway, this is the point. Can you stomp with anything that are very foot? footsteps that are very loud for someone that is dead? Um, and then. The mummy appears. This yeah. is my first oof um, of the film. I was like, mm, I don't like the look, but like whatever. He gives him his glasses back, and then they're besties for life. That's right. So it turns out they need to get the mummy back in his coffin by three days later. They don't know where the coffin is. They have three days till Halloween to do so, and hijinks ensue. Because the like cleaning people took all the stuff, but also yeah. Then there's plot. Yeah, I was, so, so the kids and the mummy are hanging out for a little bit, and I was like, this is fine, but, like, so we just need to find a sarcophagus, and we don't know where it is, and I'm like, is that it? And then they cut to a scene of where the sarcophagus is. It's with these, like, guys, and I was like, is this the mafia? And it kind and of is. I mean, not the mafia, but... It's, like, guys in black evil suits... Evil rich people. ...being evil and whatever. Um, and then, who is leading them, but... The alleged dead guy of the house they broke into. That's right. Mr. Kubat was alive the whole time. Because this is a film about tax evasion. <laughs> so, I'm not even joking. They, they, no, really, they literally, literally explain tax evasion in the film. Like, the kids go to the house to try and find the mummy again. And the mom's like, looks like he died just before he got tax evaded very subtly. So that way when he comes back from the dead, you're like, oh, he's avoiding taxes. And then later he monologues it literally to Marshall. It was and, a really weird scene. And this is kind of my big takeaway for this film. This is a weird big takeaway. But what was going on in the late 90s that they were like, you know what kids' movies need? Tax evasion? Tax evasion. Or say uh, 1999's The Phantom Menace was also largely based around, was it like a kids' movie? George Lucas was a kids' movie, but he based it around a trade dispute. Oh, I was like, there's tax evasion in that film? I've seen that film. No, I'm just saying, the trade no, dispute yeah. was over taxes. So I'm like, what was like the late 90s that were like, you know what kids' movies need? Taxes. And you know what was a really beloved part of The Phantom Menace? That part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this came out first. Right, they should have watched... George Lucas should have walked under wraps and been like, maybe that tax evasion plot wasn't working. But then, I don't know, it kind of added an element. Maybe it worked here. Yeah, it worked Is here. Is under wraps better than The Phantom Menace? Yes. Wow, takes. It's not, though. Phantom Menace is a good film. All the Star Wars is good. That's my take. Okay, anyways. But, yeah, so that's, like, hunter. the... some of the plot. Sure, uh... It's a kid's movie. It ends happy. It's fine. What is your favorite element of the film? Oh, just like the kids, like, hanging out and stuff in the 90s. That's always going to be my favorite part of these, probably. I just like when they're, like, hanging out, having fun, yeah, the kids got riding hurt. on bikes. The kids felt like that kind of, like, weird group of, like, you're not exactly sure why these two kids are friends, these three kids are friends in this film. Yeah. 
But, like, you like, see individual pairings don't quite... I mean, you kind of get why Marshall and Amy are friends. They kind of have a similar vibe. You're like, why do they hang out with Gilbert? But yeah. they just do. But it's fine. Like, yeah. it feels true and awkward yeah, in just, good like, ways. All they're hanging out seems to just be, like, them calling him a chicken. Like, they just kind of dunk on Gilbert a lot. And it seems like Gilbert maybe just... Uh, I would... Gilbert needs to, like, self-respect. <laughs> well, Gilbert has a weird home life. We don't... I don't... I don't... <laughs> I worry about Gilbert. I was worried about Gilbert in this movie. I know. I thought that was going to go somewhere. Like, yeah. I thought, like, his mom or his dad, or his mom, really, was, like, going to come into the plot or matter or get more of like, this weird oh. reference to, to her being, like, like clinically insane. Whoa. So just because she role plays and likes dolls doesn't mean she's clinically insane. See, you hear me standing for Gilbert? And just because his dad apparently doesn't talk? <laughs> I... He either, like, is, like... I'm just saying, I think that kid's actually coping quite well, considering his circumstances. Yeah. And speaking of daddy issues... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, the main driving emotion or beating heart of this movie is the fact that... It's someone without a beating heart. Hey. Marshall, yeah. Marshall wants Harold. That's the mummy. <laughs> they need Harold. To basically be his new dad. Because yeah. his actual dad's too busy to visit him, and he doesn't like his stepdad, because it's his stepdad. And that's just a... Lily had followed him, and he's too nice, like, cares about his day too much. But he wants, he's really invested and he like really cares about Harold and he like goes so hard for him. It's kind of like, calm down, he's dead. Yeah, but it's clear he's filling in for the dad who's not present. Daddy issues, like and I said. Yes, no, Marshall has serious daddy issues. Who and hasn't it, placed their daddy issues on a dead mummy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how to respond to that. I'm just going to pass it because that's, that's good. With okay. the I love Amy clothes. Oh, yeah. She was serving looks the whole film. Like, I wear all of them. That's true. I love how you switched that with actually no, no transition at all. But yes, no, Amy was serving very, like, it was a very 90s look. Yeah. I love 90s fashion. That's why I went, that's like why I got my Halloween costume. She could have been a spunky child on Friends like, on any of these moments. Sure. She could have, she could have been a, oh, like. She could have been a friend of the Full House kids. Okay. That's the choice of naming him Harold so funny to me. But, like, I feel like that's just because, like, the name Harold to me is, like, a, like, mature thing. I mean, um, he's kind of a slut. <laughs> oh, yes, that's a great point. <laughs> we should talk about the fact that Harold, the whole plot of this movie is actually, like, Harold Harold's wants emotional to get into his. Harold wants to get into his coffin so he can be reunited with his great love, who's, like, a queen. So he had to be celibate because he's, like, a... He's a high priest. Um, and he was like devoted to her, but they were love, actually in love with each other. Which, like, okay. Um, that's kind of weird. But, so he wants to get all reunited with her because, like, they can't see each other except every, like, 3,000 years or whatever. And yet, every time a lady looks at him in the film, except for the mom, <laughs> so my prediction was wrong, um, he's, like, all for it. Like, men, am I right, ladies? That's right, men, am I right? That dude, Harold's. No, you're not allowed to make that joke. It's. Anyways, my predictions were off. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't go for the not dead neighbor's basement is where the mummy would be plot. I guess that's on me. Yeah, you should have thought about it. You did predict that there would be a museum involved, and then you went away. And um, yeah, I was like, where else would just like a mummy be casually? Can we talk about how misleading that movie cover is? They don't even go to Egypt. They really don't. I saw the poster. I'm like, oh, I guess they're on like some school trip to Egypt, like those fake school trips and films that are like actually cool. And you're yeah. like, man, we just go to like, the local aquarium. They don't even mention the pyramids in that entire film. No. Which are on the cover art. 
Mary Webster with that earlier. Oh, by the way, yeah. That poster really threw me off. I guess they did capture Marshall's anger at the world, though, in it. <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense now. Okay, let's talk about, like, a general children's film trope, especially in decons, but just a general thing. These 13-year-olds will be like, I know a guy. Like, you're 13. They are like, this is freaking Ocean's Eleven. And they're like, yeah, I know a guy can get the job done. And, like, most of the time, it's just, like, the guy who works at, like, the grocery store or whatever. But it's still, like, do you know them? I don't talk to grocery store people. Oh, that makes me sound bad. Wait. But it's, like, weird. I don't I don't have much to say on this. I just think it's a general children's film trope that's, like, generally yes. odd. Because, like, I don't think a person, even when I was, like, young, you could talk to adults really well, but, like, I don't know if, like, I'd call them in a jam. It's obviously plot necessity, but it is very weird when this 13-year-old is like, I know this adult who's going to be the perfect person to help me in this situation. And they always are right. And then, yes, that person, it's like, who are these 13-year-olds who are maintaining a, a relationship of connection in case of their need for crime? Um, a lot of lines... I love the early movie, like, wasn't telling me, like, they'd just be, like, focusing on something. It wasn't that funny, like... Sometimes people use children's movie as an excuse for bad writing, and, like, children's movies don't have to be badly written. Like Aquamarine. Are you saying Aquamarine was badly written? No, I'm saying it doesn't have to be badly written, oh. like Aquamarine. But even Aquamarine has a bad writing in it. I'm sure people would be like, well, it's a kid's movie. I like thought Aquamarine was a nightmare that you referenced, but it's a kid's movie. It made me believe in Sam again. Dad and the Godfather. <laughs> The two movies. The two movies. Aquamarine and The Godfather. It's like, they both had stuff I like. Like, I prefer The Godfather cinematography, but Aquamarine has more women in command. Both films I could about them. I have no words. I cannot with you. (laughs) You literally can't. Okay. But, like, I stand by that. Women are more in control in Aquamarine than they are in The Godfather. I mean, that's, that's... That's true, yes. But The Godfather had better cinematography. That's also true. I just... Wow. Wow. Okay. Our mother's favorite character... Our our researcher's favorite character who watched this with us. Um, His favorite character was this, like, random little kid that appeared, like, twice. Just to, like, troll them and then give them plot exposition. So people were brother and sister. Oh! This is this is a nugget for those of you who listened in to, you know, it's 30 mess. minutes into the podcast or wherever, wherever we are. We're brother and sister. We're related. He's it's my brother. That's why we're hanging out. Yeah, he's not just a weird old guy. With a Gen Z child. Uh, we must have mentioned it in the beginning. I'll have to listen back. It's not what we would insert. Or we'll just leave yeah. it here. No, I think we'll leave it here. Yeah. Leave some mystery. That's right. They'll be like, do I need to listen to this whole podcast to find out why this... Yeah. Adult this, is turning out this child. This creep. She's not actually a child, though. I am okay. in high school. I love that they were on bikes. I love whatever children's films have the children on bikes. It's like success. Yes. Lovely bike scene. Yeah. Uh, there was actually a lot of bikes in this. A lot of running around town. Uh-huh. A lot of conveniently so finding Harold. A lot of, like, they knew... Okay, let's have the bad guy finding Harold at the end. Sorry. The plot... <laughs> Well, there's a lot of finding Harold, and it's yeah. like, he could be anywhere. How could we ever find him? And then it's like, oh, he's right there. I think is really small or not, because they go to that party at the end, and, like, everyone they know is there. Like, the one old guy friend, like, not that old, but, like, an adult friend. Yeah. And then his mom and stuff, their principal. 
So it's probably not that big a town, but like, I don't know, maybe those people just know each other. Yeah. I mean, the Garkas are pretty bad, so. That's a bad scene. <laughs> probably just like that. Yeah, this is like, I, I think this is a film where the hijinks didn't work. The hijinks and Sue should have unsued. But the actual, like, the dialogue between the characters, otherwise than that, and even the tax evasion plot stuff mostly worked. It kind of was. It drove the plot effectively. Yeah. It was like. I, mean, I guess okay. it's not wholly necessary, right? Like, getting him back to the coffin in three days, but then you're just like, well, why is that hard? And so Tax like, evasion. We need a dead guy who's not dead, and not the mummy. <laughs> what if there were two dead guys who aren't dead? But in different ways. Funky. Exactly right. And one of them was nice, and one of them was evil. But the evil, the real monster isn't the mummy. Yes. But yeah, I love that they, so anyways, at the end, uh, they need to, like, the bad guys, like, know there's a mummy alive, which they kind of got into weirdly quickly. So they go to, like, the evil guy's hangout, which is, like, an abandoned ice cream parlor? Is that a metaphor or something? I, I don't know, it was kind of weird. Um, and so then the kids are biking away, and Harold's on his little kid bike, and he's also biking away, and, like, a guard sees this, and his face is, like, one of the funniest parts in the movie, when he sees this, turns around, like, hmm... But then, Harold left, like, a little strand of, like... Classic clothing pair. Yeah, like, piece of... Films really the, need what, is, what are they called? Like, some fabric of his, his body. His wrap? His wrap. Obviously. <laughs> On, like, this, some, like, place. And the evil, undead, dead... The not-dead guy, like, picks it up and is like, Huh. Weird. And then the spy guard's like, Hey, boss. I have something I need to tell you. I don't think you're gonna believe me. And then the guy's like, actually, I think I will. They both, he like saw some raft is like, only an undead mummy could have left this here. He's like, the mummy's missing from the coffin? I found a little piece of the wrapping? Definitely the answer here is, the mummy is alive. And also was here, but none of my people saw it. <laughs> I guess that actually got defensively better at the end of the movie, because apparently he's been trying to wake him up from the dead for a while, judging okay, by his Okay, yeah, that's Marshall. true, but, like, when you're watching... There's a weird setup for this time. guy who, his plot is very practical, like, the IRS was coming for me, so I killed myself for tax evasion. Like, the fact Fair that enough. that guy's in the, like, has actually been trying to revive a mummy for years, and he's like, it's all true. He's been sort of going, like, Harrison Ford, it's <laughs> all true. The stories. All of it. That's <laughs> about reviving mummies <laughs> and pharaohs? Like, weird. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's discord with that character. Discord? That's a good word. Speaking of growth, Her- no, not Harold. He didn't grow. Um, Gilbert, I forgot his name. Oh, that's right. Gilbert, uh, was intermittently too terrified to walk into buildings, but also, I mean, like, friends with a mummy. I mean, those buildings were, like, closed at night. Like, they were breaking and entering. I love all the child crimes and stuff. Sorry, let's put a pin in that. Yeah, there's I so much child crime. I love child crimes in, like, children's films. And it escalates. Yeah, they go through this breaking and entering into, like, some dead guy's empty house. They're, like, full on breaking and entering a museum at night. Like They assault a dude. Uh, yeah. And they kidnap him. Hell yeah. I mean, he's an evil henchman. It's fine, I guess. But just, like, there's a real growth in the child crime. The guard. Marshall and Amy assault him with, uh, the skeleton guy. What is that guy's, what is the adult who hangs out with their hand? Bruce. Bruce! Yeah, they assault that guy with Bruce, and then they tie him up with intestines. Oh, right! I forgot they tied him up. <laughs> so, yes, child crime. There's, like, so much child I crime. I love child really crime in films. It's the best. 
Because it's always so, like, because these films are, like, very good for film and I'm glad we got that recorded that Mary loves child crime. Hell oh, yeah. So, <laughs> but it's, like, fun. You're like, oh, please. Break and enter. As someone who's had signs put up for their breaking and entering, I find it very relatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't go into your life of crime here on episode one. <laughs> but but oh, give us pulling it back. Oh, my God. But Gilbert kept pulling it back from the crime. He kept being like, no, no, we can't do this crime. I can't do this crime. I want to be an Eagle Scout. I want to be an Eagle Scout, guys. And then he just, like, do the crime. So, like... Do you think it's a good, like, it's still highlighting that they're, like, they're being dangerous. Yeah. So this was their big Halloween. For the first time, they went for a Halloween movie. Do you feel like this movie was very Halloween-y? Um, honestly, not really. Because people kept being freaked out by the mummy. And I was like, I'll be really. People probably just think it's, like, an early Halloween costume. Yeah, he's working right on Halloween. Yeah, and you were like, ah, freak out. Like, they were at a Halloween party. And then they were at a Halloween party at night, and they were like, this guy, a girl screamed at him, I guess because he had bad teeth? <laughs> Fair enough, girl. Yeah, that's where he's going to scream. The guy gets too close to you with bad teeth. Just scream it right away. So we've already mentioned here Marshall's, like, daddy issues and stuff. So there's a scene, the mummy decides to stay in his house because he has the most, like, emotional issues he's projecting on the mummy. Well, he keeps scary stuff in his room, so yeah, so they can pretend better. to the mom it's just more of his yeah horror paraphernalia. The mummy's true love. Um, <laughs> there's like a scene where he's like on his floor where his window is, which I thought was pretty sick. I always wanted, well, number one, I always wanted a two-story house, and number two, I wanted to have like a window seat in the two-story house that I live in. It's okay, like the dream. Okay, but this like window on the floor thing was also pretty sick, so I support it. And he's looking at his mom, like, laughing and happy with her boyfriend. And he has this whole monologue about how, like, love is fake and it isn't real anymore. And all his parents and his, and his like, friends' parents are all divorced. And love doesn't mean anything anymore. Like, over a montage of his mom being, like, clearly happy and in love. Yeah, it's... It was really funny. The actor was, like, acting. He was like, this is sad. This is emotional. Like, this is a Shakespeare play. And, and then... And then... The movie tries to punch him with Harold trying to, like, comfort him. And then he's like, no, nah, it's fine, man. It's like, it's fine. It's okay. And then love just is fake. And then they go to bed. And then Harold, like, has a weird scene with the dog. And this is the thing about this movie, right? We're talking a lot about specific moments. It's like, this worked. Then this really did. Then this worked. Like, and then the mummy I feel like my 75 was, like, kind of in the right ballpark. Because, like, it really had some good fun scenes. I it had a good fun energy. I was in the kids. I just didn't like the mummy, but, like... Took up a large part of it. Which one of those movies that just didn't come together? Yeah, it didn't all wrap up. There's a lot of little, little random details I thought were gonna like come back, like in a classic children's way, in like the climax. Okay. Like I thought maybe his like stepdad would like help him out, or like hair, like um, Gilbert's parents would matter at all. Besides weird jokes throughout the film, like I thought right, those right. random details would come back in like a climax classic, but like nah. It was just like three kids and that guy who can body slam. That's exactly right. And not, I guess sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes all you need is two <laughs> friends, a mummy, and a guy, an, an adult friend who can body slam. Yeah. Dressed as a skeleton. He's also he also just owns a horse. Well, yeah, he does. Just which is important because they need to transport a coffin around. That's well, they didn't even transport the coffin in that. They, they, did, they did back to the museum. No, he was like. Can oh, that's right. Because he crashes the hearse. They crash yeah, the hearse. I was talking about. Sorry, we got uh. distracted earlier. Gilbert's character thing is at the end. They're like going into the thing, 
And he's like, I'm too scared, Marshall. And Marshall's like, but man, you gotta come. And he's like, I'm just scared, Marshall. And, and Mar- Marshall like, woke King now, no longer making fun of this guy being scared. He's like, it's okay, the man. Growth. It's okay. It, yeah, he's like, he's like, I support you. It's like, I support you. It's fine. I love you, man. Gotta go. And then, like, the kids are saying this, so I'm like, oh, <laughs> I thought that was gonna be, like, his arc's concluded. I'm like, well, that was weird. But oh, then, I definitely knew he was gonna come back, even as, like, I was ready for him. I didn't know he was gonna come back in the car. That feels I didn't remember now. that, but, like... No, I, like, remembered it when they're, like, when things were getting rough, I'm like, oh, Gilbert's gonna come in with the car. And then, like, five minutes later, that did happen. So he did fail to save them, but then happened to get lucky because he made a roof collapse. That only killed the henchman and none of his friends. Well, well, he didn't kill the old guy who like pulled a gun on these thirteen year olds. He's like, "I'm going to kill you," and then the mummy like beat him up. Yep. And then they're like to the body slam guy. They're like, "Can you drive an ice cream truck?" Like, okay. She like never drive it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what? I didn't have anything. <laughs> you to did say. not think that was funny. Oh, that was a that joke. Was I did not think that Gilbert <laughs> should drive that car. Because he drove once, drove too fast, and crashed it? Well, yeah. So don't let him. He can't drive. Exactly. Thank you for explaining the joke. I love that the female mummy has this very obvious makeup. That was a choice. <laughs> it was really It was very put a bow on it. No, she had like eyelashes. Like, work it. <laughs> a strong blue eyeshadow. Honestly, a queen. She's like, I may be dying. Literally a queen. Yeah, and like... I don't know how we have this makeup, but like, like fake eyelashes, but I'm gonna keep them on me for 3,000 years. And honestly, me too, girl. I love the fake, the vague romance in the film. So, Marshall and Amy are both like non cowards of the group. Yes. And like, there was no real setup in the first half, I feel. And then, like, the second half, she got really worried about him when he was thrown over a ledge by the mummy. And then, when he was thrown back, she's like, oh, we are so worried about you. And I was like, oh, they're playing the seeds for romance. And then, like, when he almost got shot by the tax <laughs> she was like, oh, well. And I thought this scene was, like, the bad time to do it because I'm like, move people. They're literally on a midnight timeline that they keep saying they don't have any time for, but they're like, let's stop to have also, these they're two. surrounded by bad guys. Like, I get they were probably dead because a roof fell on them. But still, I'd be very cautious because one of them wasn't dead and almost shot one of you. Exactly right. Anyways, this isn't the point. So she's like, well, I was so worried you were going to get shot, and then, like, I would never see you again. And, like, that would really suck, Marshall, because I'd want to see you again. And I'm like, whatever. Let's move it. I thought that's what we were trying to do. It. And then he has, like, a face where he's like, oh, she likes me. Yes. And then we don't really talk about this because we have, like, a climax to do. They say goodbye to Marshall. He wakes up his dead love for like a hot sack just for her to see him say goodbye to these like 10 year olds. And then they. Great love. Yeah. And then they're both like dead in their coffins. Woo. And at the end, when Gilbert comes over, it's like, yeah, you mean Amy are going to the movies. He's like, oh, gotta get ready because now he like believes in love. He's like, mom, you can date the guy you're clearly into. You should get married to him, which I thought was a weird love. Wild <laughs> jump. Wild jump. <laughs> You didn't like this guy a day ago, and now you're like, Mom, marry him. Marry him. Like, how long have they been dating? It's unclear. It, like, it seemed like he was like a new boyfriend. He didn't even live with them. He had to go. 
and he's like, you should get married to him because that's what people in love do. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, oh, I was changed by the love of these two mummies who, like, still love each other for 3,000 years or whatever. And it's like, fine. But, like, and I guess they weren't married because he was a priest. Um, But, like, it was just a weird, wild dump. I don't know how much hanging out with a mummy really would change you, but, like, we're not going to get into that. So he's getting all right for Amy, and then she shows up, also in a dress, clearly, like, trying to get romantic, and then they just, like, mock each other, and then all three friends go to the movies, and that's the end. It's like, Okay. Yeah, the, the movie was definitely trying to set up uh, Amy as the object of many boys' affection. Um, yeah, there was that that one kid. There was a random dude the who off. hit on her, and who she never came back. Who never came back. They should have made the little kid. Oh yeah, that would have been good. He I don't know why he would have been at their school, but he could have just hit on her at a different time. Yeah. And then Gilbert was obviously like he crashed his bike into a thing because Amy said she slept in the nude. A weird, a weird line for Comedy. a child actor. Maybe they're trying to quickly set up like, guys think she's cute, so then yeah. she can end up with Marshall, which obviously you talked about. Uh, yeah, I do think it's weird that kid, the little kid, or researcher's favorite character, right. only appeared twice. <laughs> like, to drop important plot details. Yeah, it's like, oh, those movers came, and then they're like, whatever, kid, and then, like, he's like, the movers took all the stuff, and they were also an ice cream truck, and they're like, oh, okay, we have to go to that old ice cream place that we have in town. Like you do. That's right. Everybody has an abandoned ice cream factory. It's a big factory. It is a big factory. I thought that. Like, I was, was like, why did they make an ice cream? I get it because it's, like, trucks, but couldn't they have just made, like, I don't know, like, mattress trucks? Like, literally anything. Like, literally anything. They could have just called it the old factory. Yeah, it was, it was a weird thing. So one scene of which my brother called iconic was, so they're they like, iconic. we are, we need to get the mummy like to a place. And they put him in the ugly, and they're like, we can't draw any attention to him. And they put him in the ugliest, most gaudy clothes imaginable. And I guess that's probably the joke. That but, is the joke. But like also, I don't know. These kids should be like a little farther than that. He looked like he was in the seventies. And then there's this other lady. Walking like the female version of the clothes. Okay. And like the iconic bit is they just cut to them and like he's the mummy, but he's got all the clothes on, but he still obviously looks like a mummy. Yeah. And the kids are like high fiving, like they nailed it. They're so excited. They're like masters of disguise. <laughs> and then they just cut to the shot. It's is it in slow mo? Like they really I think like, it is in slow mo. They go to a cinematic slow mo. Like look at the crew already, but it's just the mummy and. <laughs> 70s clothes. I thought it's it was wild. funny, but like I, I guess I was discounting this movie self awareness. Oh, they knew. Okay. They knew. And then that scene where the guy body slams the guard, you're like iconic. It was. He said, "I always wanted to do that." I just remember that from my childhood. That that scene came back to me. It pulled all the way back. Aww, that's so cute. Twenty two years ago, I watched that scene, and then I got it again today, and probably a few times in the day. <laughs> they played this movie every Halloween. Okay. I thought it was funny that, like, the one thing they set up that actually came back was All okay. By Myself Fit. <laughs> yes, the mummy loves the song. So they, like, had a song re-slaying. And but the kids hated, apparently, which I don't know why. It's not yeah, like Yeah, I mean, they also don't like Olsen Twins movies, so clearly they don't have good opinions on things. Anyway, so he's listening to it, and he, like, loves the song, and then, like, Mark is like, oh, this is so lame. And then movie happens in between. And then when they're at the Halloween party... What do they play except classic all by myself? Therefore, making the mummy have to go. 
And also, this is right when the bad guys both they they show up, and also when Gilbert comes back to check on the mummy. Because Gilbert left the mummy because these kids keep going. He can't leave the mummy alone. He gets into trouble, and they keep leaving it. And I get this movie about kids and hijinks ensuing, but Jesus, just watch <laughs> Gilbert. Just watch the mummy. Like what he get? Like stand by the mummy. Like what he get? Like some like food for the mummy. Anyways, but like all by myself played a classic. Then he got in some weird hijinks with some lady. Who we, you were really pulling to be Gilbert's mom to have that matter, like, at all. Try to pull it back. And it didn't. I was also just rooting for your theory that the mummy dated one of their moms. Thank I was you. Just, I was just pulling for you. That's really sweet. They didn't, even, um, they didn't get there. And, but no, just some random lady weirdly turned on by him because she was like, man, I hate that smell. But, like, except on you, it's really sexy. And it's like, okay, I don't know what's working for her here, but, like, we'll move on. And then... She's just kind of dead, guys. Aren't there guys? Well, he should date our main villain, Mr. Tax Vader Mummy Awakener guy. You might be into that. We'll see. Uh, well, we won't. <laughs> you really won't. We'll never see. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> but then it's like the principal and his wife get confused, and it's all weird. Yeah, this is the thing. This movie in general just spirals. They just throw characters in, and they don't come back. Or they come back once, and they're for reasons that are unrelated. But then they're like this thread that we need to set up and then pull back later. It's all by myself. Hell yeah. The taste. Okay, I'm gonna talk about this villain guy. So, apparently he spent, like, years in the museum curator business. Okay. And he saw all these collectibles, and he's like, man, if I could, like, sell these on, like, a black market type thing, then I'd get money. And it's, like, fair okay. enough, I guess? Sure. Uh, sure. Um, so he's, like, and so he's getting, like, a plan to do this, and then he's also a tax evader, which, like, okay. <laughs> And then the FBI, like, caught on to his tax evasion, obviously throwing in his selling old ancient collectibles plan awry. So he's like, okay, I'll fake my death, which, by the way, we never went that into. It's just, like, he's actually alive. What's with the pancakes? <laughs> wow, really bringing pancakes back. Well, unlike the movie, I care about bringing stuff back. Um, anyway, so, sure. And then you're going to sell a sarcophagus, and it's like, the buyer's like, oh, I don't want it, it doesn't have the money. Which, okay, but like, isn't the sarcophagus itself still worth a lot? They don't have to know it's attached to a mummy. Why would you want the dead yeah, guy Is the implication there that like, I actually wanted the mummy? Because they're like, oh, we don't have the mummy, just have the stupid sarcophagus. Like, we need to get it back. Worth something. Yeah, it's still made of like gold, it's still old. It's still a legitimate Egyptian sarcophagus. Like, I don't like, you don't know, need like, the mummy to, like, make that clear. It's not a certificate of authenticity. Yeah. You, you can just get a dead guy in. A certificate of mummeticity? You can just get any <laughs> dead guy and wrap him up in cloth and be like, yeah, it's a mummy. And you're like, and then it would be. But, yeah. Also, in his free time, he spent time trying to awaken mummies from the dead. Yeah, well, well, well not being mean to kids. Yeah, it's all... I guess we know why he didn't pay his newspaper fees, because he didn't have any money. But he had a mummy. But, yeah, he had that bailed house and hated children and, like, had a weird dog. Classic that, evil guy stuff. That dog who never came back. Nothing ever comes back. So, did you There's, like, her? another dog in the film. They just, just didn't That's true. It should have the same dog who's now on the loose. Yeah. Missed opportunity. So what's your overall takeaway on the film? 
Um, you didn't like it, but then what you're talking about, you seem to have a lot of yeah, okay, I feel which is like, fine. I think that's reasonable. Yeah, on this I feel like I've tried to talk about like the stuff I like. Like I like the kids' dynamic. I like the random fight of the film? and committing crimes and all that fun stuff. I liked mocking the character, rejecting his daddy issues on like a literal corpse. You know, all the fun stuff. <laughs> it's, it's wild. Um, I like I liked all that stuff. I like when I really just like when the kids were hanging out, and yeah. that was like a lot of the film. To be clear. I actually really love the tax evasion plot. If only to say there's a tax evasion plot in a film called Under Wraps. Kids movies should be about tax evasion and trade disputes. Anyways. The um, 90s. But, yeah, so I just thought that was, like, I really liked the film, but I just didn't, like, I thought a lot of the money parts went on for a, a while. Like, I would check Twitter, Matthew, Matthew my brother, he'd be like. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Well, apparently we had already. You'd be like, stop checking Twitter. I'm like, the scene's been going on for two minutes, and it doesn't look like it's stopping anytime soon. So, like, what am I supposed to do? Just watch this, this like, mummy fail to skateboard more? I don't care. The skateboard was a bad one. But the, okay. the dog price sequence was ex- extended. <laughs> Unnecessarily extended. Really what would you rate it out of 10? Um, I'm going to steal your guest answer and go, like, 7.5. Like, it's not 8. Because there's, like, so much that I just, like, thought was really long. Right. I was, like, kind of... It didn't of, quite get there. It didn't go here. Yeah. Like, it was close to being, like, emotional and, like, me really being into it. And, like, there's points where I was so close to being into it. So I can't read it low or whatever. Right. But at the same time, I didn't. I mean, there were so many times I laughed, but it certainly never moved me emotionally. Yeah. They're kind of laugh, like, I thought, where they're, like, well, find your glasses, look at the dead guy, and then get out of here. Just, like... Man, that time was terrible. But there's like lines I did think were like really funny. Um, and like I laughed, like actually like legitimately. But and I wasn't sad when the mummy had to go. I was like, Yeah, let's wrap it up, people. And that was like the emotional climax of the film. And I was like making jokes doing that because they have like Bruce, the guy there, and it's like this old guy here, and he met the mummy and didn't believe in him an hour ago. Yeah, and like he got weird emotional like handshake thing, and it's like he doesn't care about this. They, as she mentioned before, they she, he really woke up this girl he's in love with to like hold her hand like one time, but then goes back to saying goodbye to the kids. Like he spends more of that time it's with really the kids, weird. which is and reasonable. Just, and it's like, but fair. she's just like sitting there. And, yeah, she's literally just sitting there. That's like, a weird looking. vibe. Also, why did they even bring her back? Aren't they gonna go to some spirit plane together? I don't get it, but like whatever. They, it's fine. And, like, don't need to explain that, because it, like, really doesn't matter. But it's just kind of weird. It would be really weird if they tried to get into that right there. Like, if they really tried to explain out the lore. That would have been really bad. I would have given it, like, a, like... Or maybe I would have been into it. I don't know. Give me a lore bomb right at the big... Emotional moment? Nah, I would have been... At the emotional fantasy movie, just go into a lore bomb about your interpretation of Egyptian Egyptian myth. I think we got enough down that film. Anyways... But, like we were saying earlier, this is the first ever decom, like, period. So, therefore, it'd be the first Halloween decom, which they are somewhat known for. I mean, obviously, Halloween Town, literally the best one of all time. Is uh, are you kind of dark? Yeah, there's a bunch. Halloween Town 2. Halloween Town 3. All the Halloween Towns? But we did say Halloween Town 1, 2, and 3. All the Halloween Towns. Um, and, like, there's some ones, like, I know that you wouldn't know, like, Girl Roots Monster, which is very Buffy-esque, kind of. Yeah, though, like, the thing about the film is that it doesn't feel particularly, like, special. It's not very Halloween. It's not very Halloween, but it didn't feel like, just watching it, like, it didn't feel special. It didn't feel like, like a landmark moment. It just felt like a kid's film. Yeah. Like, and so it kind of feels like, if this was a 60 film, I think it would just be like a film, like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I like it. 
Yeah. Because the first one, I feel like, like it should be different or special. Special in some way. And like, I know you're excited for being the first one starting such a, such a yeah, it's, it's good. We like it. It's just, it's just kind of an interesting. It's like, it's interesting they take this to be the first one. Or maybe it's or more it's interesting. Just they didn't make, but they didn't know. Like, that's yeah. Like, that's it's clearly they made this It's interesting. Like, it no was idea. like, I don't know how to phrase it. It's interesting. It's not maybe as remembered. Like, it's definitely like remembered and people like it. But it's just interesting, like, other stuff. So near it is more remembered. Sure. Almost. It has no one in the Legacy of Halloween. And it's clear but, like, let's not rate everything on the Legacy of Halloween down. Sure, but it doesn't even have Legacy of the Brink. I would have said Xenon, because I actually heard of Xenon. But people tweet about Brink and Xenon, like, on my Twitter feed, just like people my age talk okay. about those films. But, like, I, mean, I had heard of Xenon before. Like I said, I, I have seen under come up. Uh, Jenny mentioned it. I think in some of her videos, uh, there, I've seen it come up occasionally, but certainly more than like You Love Your Dog, which we have a film covering next, because it's the second people. Yeah, speaking of weirdly, um, early. But that film has a, that film exists in a space, a big part of the Disney Channel there was, uh, characters like Kirk Cameron, and like you kind of like, uh, stars of kids were stars of kids shows. Yeah, and that would continue with Disney, where like all the actors are like, in your favorite Disney Channel shows. And like, Halloween is a big part of Disney Channel. They have like Monstober and like all the TV shows will get like a Halloween episode. So I think it does make sense that the first letter DCOM was a Halloween thing. But it didn't feel very Halloween-y. They had like one Halloween party and just hung out with a monster. But like really right. it felt like it could have been like any time, TVH. Yeah, just like, oh, Halloween's the day of the dad. We'll say if we're under the plot times, and otherwise it's, it's almost in that plot once. They literally mentioned that once. And you think, because they have a mummy walking around town trying not to be disguised, you would think they would actually utilize that more often yeah. as a cover for why there's a mummy walking around town and no one's noticing. Yeah. Instead, they never did that. No, and like doctors are like, he's dead. That was a really bad scene as well. <laughs> okay, before we stop talking about this movie, Matthew, what do you consider the theme of this movie to be? I think this movie is family. <laughs> It's the family you have and your troubled relationships, say, with your mom's divorce, your parents' divorce. Your weird mother your who eats popcorn It's also the dolls. family you choose, the friends you have, the mummy you befriend, and basically take as your dad. As you do. What I mean, you? it really is a film yeah. about family and love yeah. and friendship. Which, like, Big shock. Hashtag decoms. Are there any other themes you can find in it? No. Those are pretty good themes. <laughs> Maybe the theme today. Um, what the, what that generic Disney Channel theme might be? What other generic Disney Channel movie theme could it be? Um, like don't judge a book by its cover. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> the mummy isn't scary because they're all scared, and then he just like gives them glasses and peace. <laughs> that what, what is the message? Sometimes you'll be a monster, and he'll give you back your glasses, and then urinate for too long for a <laughs> that doesn't work. That's exactly that's a great theme. I think that's the theme of the movie. I mean, I I did say this earlier, but I think maybe the pitch the pitch for this movie was like sometimes what dead if, guys aren't dead. What if dead guys aren't dead and the monster isn't the mummy? Yeah. And then dun, they dun, stare dun, across dun. the table and they were like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. I don't think pitch meetings are anywhere near as fun as people think pitch meetings oh, are. Oh no, totally. People like, are like, we're always talking about pitch meetings. Like, here's how they pitch the Matrix, and you're just like, it's never what you think it is. Yeah, and they probably have like a really detailed explanation, so it's not just like. What if life wasn't real? And that's how they always like phrase on Twitter. And so they probably like, here's our like detailed thing because they had a plan back then. Like John Mulaney does that great sketch about here's how they pitch Back to the Future. Yeah. And it probably wasn't nearly that fun. It almost certainly wasn't. It probably wasn't that comedic. They're just like, here's our movie. 
So the core of this movie was the children. We're looking at the further successes of the cast, starting with the actor who played Gilbert, Adam Wiley. He was on several episodes of Gilmore Girls as Brad, which I always thought was a really funny running bit. And he was also nerdy in that as well. Yeah, yes. he was bullied by Paris. Like canonical. And also did canonically typecast as a nerd. Kind yeah. Of I mean, he had, but has a working long, actor. Yeah. Um, and then he was also in a Winx Club. <laughs> what is Winx Club? Oh, and gee, it was like so. It was this anime thing about these like teen girls, and they also could sometimes like have. I don't remember that well, but they had magic powers, and they could fly sometimes, but only in magic power form. It's basically like American Sailor Moon, okay. kind of, and they all went to a school. One was really into had music powers, one had flower power. Her name was Flora. So he got into voice acting. Yeah. I can see that. He had, a really, he had some really good reads in the film. Yeah, he was, he was really funny. And then he was also in, he returned to Disney in Jake and the Netherlands Pirates, which I never saw, but like, he went back to Disney, so good for him. Cool. Uh, Marshall... Okay, I'm going to try and get this right. Whose name was played by an actor named Mario Yadida. Uh, he was a child actor, but then he seemed to leave acting, and now he seems to be doing sort of political activism uh, in San Francisco, where he works in a, a advocates for labor unions. Which so that's a life. That's a life. I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, get it, boy. But that's like an interesting life change. It's like yeah. I was a child actor, and then like he just kind of went into normal life. Which you like he to knows see, like, he peaked here. Apparently not. That's exactly right. He's like I was in under wraps. I was on the first decom acting. Can't get Le- better. Le- than legacy, this. yeah. And then the late the girl who played Amy, Claire Bryant, she was in. She will be in another decom in True Confessions. Oh, she was true. She was true in True Confessions. I knew that girl looked so familiar, and I'm like, I know. Obviously, I knew her from Under Wraps. I'm like, did we see her older? Yes, we did. Yeah. And then she was also in several episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer as one of the potential slayers. Okay. And then she was, and but now she appears to be an attorney in Atlanta, which interesting. It's interesting that two thirds of the like young kid cast doesn't really act anymore. Yeah, they went to like normal lives. And apparently successful, so like good for them. That's cool. We support you. <laughs> we we support all become stars. I don't know about that. Oh, oh actually, no, we don't. Um, uh, I take that back. Uh, we support all the decom stars who did, like, do crime or do weird things with children or, like, in some people. Actually, I take it all back. I'm like, <laughs> who do we have next week? Uh, Jessica there's a, there's a, there's a problem black individuals. And, like, some of them just, like, kind of suck as people, probably. That's probably true, too. Look. You just have the famous ones. I support them all as children trying to be future great I adults. do feel bad for, like, all children stars, like, just on, like, more... It's a tough hit. Yeah. So, Mary, you also have thoughts on Harold. You have to play Harold. Why not do some things you're interested in? Well, like... What did Bill in, do? He was in stuff I've seen. He was in The Artist, which is a movie I saw... It was nominated for an Oscar, so maybe you saw it. It won the Oscar, didn't it? Oh, it won the Oscar, yeah. I was not expecting to like it, because I was like, there's no talking, blah. But, like, I was invested in it. He was also in How I Met Your Mother. He was Marshall's dad. I was so sad when he died. Anyways, um, and he was also Patrick Starr in SpongeBob SquarePants. He's voiced him for over 20 years. An absolute legend. Yeah. How many memes has he spawned? And not just as Harold. (laughs) What percentage of his memes are as Harold? Zero percent? 
He's not going for this. <laughs> this is so bad. I was like, this Patrick's an iconic meme character. He is, and that's why I was like, how many memes have you spawned? And then you're like, as Harold, and made it all bad. Ugh, so that's bad. what I do here. I hate. <laughs> this is you're not funny. Okay, talk about Harold some more. Um, and those are those are the things I've seen him in. Um. But good for him for being in so many things that I even now I've seen. So like another generation of people have seen him and stuff. So you maybe didn't love this performance. Well, at least the comedy they I asked him to do. I think he was fine. I thought. No, he had a tough role. And, and yeah, he was he always walking weird, and I thought that was weird. Like, can he not move his legs because he's undead or whatever? But he's alive. So let's like let him move his legs. <laughs> let Harold move his knees. So, Under Wraps, uh, currently not available on Disney+, Plus, so hopefully will be coming in the future. But our next film, You Lucky Dog, will be available here on Disney+. Plus. Exciting. And so you can watch it with us. As will most of the other DCOMs, uh, including our various Halloween DCOMs. I totally forgot about that. The Megaplex and Full Shells now. OMG, what classic. What a film. I mean, we, we, are, we mentioned, you know, some like, Mom's Daddy of the Vampire, but like, I don't even think we didn't mention that one either. I did earlier when you were talking about the mom dating the, uh, the yeah. mummy. I meant what you're talking about Halloween Decon. But like like we were saying, they have a lot. I think they have 14. Because yeah. I was seeing someone ranking them during like Halloween time, ranking all of them. I think there's about 14. But they included that fake fourth Halloween town, so. That's true. You know. They really, once over, it's really great then. Yeah, it was always really exciting. And I remember like getting home from the YMCA. And like watching it and then going to mom's work and just all the candy and all the Halloween time. It was so fun. It was, it was a really great time. Sure. So, shout out to Disney Plus, which is basically the impetus for this podcast uh, actually yeah. coming out. Yeah. And you're like, we should do it around that time. And it's here and we're here. So, you oh. should really be. I was like, should I be say thanking or like be unthankful for the. <laughs> You should either be very happy or very sad, depending on how you feel about listening to us talk. Yeah, we're sorry. I'm not. Okay. Um, but yeah, so overall, I'd give it a 7.5. I don't think you gave it your rating. Are you sticking with 7.5? Yeah. What did I give it before? You said you think it would be like actually 7.5, but your enjoyment would be a 7, I think. Yeah, I was a little maybe down on it. Yeah. Before we leave, there was one other element from the film that I think we should talk about. The very unfortunate intro. Oh, yeah. I I was like, okay, so the beginning of the movie is like another movie that the characters within the film are watching. It, it was a, very cheap looking. It was not good. The acting was so bad. Mary's coming to this blind, and she was like, why is it lit like this? And I'm like, because it's a horror movie. And she's like, um, I guess. What was the budget? Because there's a movie within the movie that they drop, and it... It's, it's really... It's really... And it was like, but... The dad in that, iconic Disney Channel dad, that's the dad from Even Stevens. So we'll be seeing him later in the Even Stevens movie. What a Oh, I thought you meant like the character of the disapproving dad is like an iconic dad role. That's also true. He's yeah. doing just generic Disney Channel dad in that role. Yeah. That, that important But I was role. so worried. I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. And that part wasn't good. It makes me think of those like weird early YouTube videos that seem like they were shot in like someone's basement. And yes. it's just like, what is this? Why? How did I find this, really? 
Um, it was really bad. Like, it was. Was he gonna react to this in real time? I'm just like, she might be out on this whole project right now. She's gonna be like, oh, these weird '90s movies were bad, and all the early becomes are bad. And then it cut to, no, this is just a movie within the movie. And she's like, oh, thank God. I was so thankful. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, that's not gonna sit through a film like this. I can't do it. I just, I can't. And we'll see if she can make it through a dead ass sit through a film like that. Maybe next week with you, lucky dog. A film. Yeah, no, it can be lit better than that. I think it can be lit better. Uh, opinions on that film are wildly varying. I know some people are like, oh, I remember it being hilarious. I know other people are like, that film was trash. And it's they, bad dog. It's like, it's also like a, oh, spoiler list, but it's like a courtroom drama. You've already, like, vaguely spoiled that for me. I'm so confused on that film, but, and we'll talk about that next episode. So thank you so much for listening. This has been The Depod. I've been your host, Matthew. And I'm your host, Mary. Um, just really thank you for listening. We out. We out! Barn check, barn check. Oh, what? Vibe check? Vibe check, yes, vibe check. (laughs) Vibe check, vibe check.